0: Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome, everybody, to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 99. 99. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that. I We're can't almost believe we've gone on this long. Right? But no, it's really cool because in two weeks we'll be celebrating episode 100. And hopefully everybody out there can join us here live at twitch.tv slash Uh We'd love to have you guys around. We may do some really cool things, have some cool people on, and uh, celebrate almost four years of this nonsense and uh, shenanigans that we've had going on here. It's been a good time. Speaking of good times, how are you guys doing this week? Oh,
1: man. I did not get to bed until 4. Mostly because I finished off the main scenario quest line somewhere around midnight. And then there was a lot of discussing with people and just coming down from it.
2: I've been switching between literally playing this or working. And that has been pretty
0: much it. all. Hmm. Lovely. I just basically finished the, uh, MSQ on Sunday. And uh, I know Sarah, you just finished it yesterday. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Talas, you are damn close to finishing.
2: I'm like a handful of quests away.
0: And it's, it's one of those things that just grabs you. I mean, I have, like I said, I basically streamed the entirety of the MSQ from uh, early access to when I finished on Sunday, and I want to say I have over thirty-five hours, maybe even more. Actually, I, I bet I do have more. But it's closer to fifty hours.
2: That's a really solid JRPG. Yeah, right? like just straight.
0: And and you didn't have to do a lot of crazy grinding, and it, it all felt very smooth. It was
2: it was so wonderful. I got level locked twice but i have not been doing roulettes at all yeah none at all
0: Mm -mm. what about fates nope oh you've basically just been doing your quests and then whatever little side quests you need to get yourself up quests and side
2: quests that unlock flying that's it
1: Huh. I did a bit of Dungeons in Trust, but that was mostly because I like the look of the dungeon sets and I wanted to collect them. They really hit on a lot of aesthetics. I like this expansion.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, as you can see, this lovely uh, set that I'm wearing here, which is uh, based on the Verberite uh, Verber stuff. Level 73. Uh, seems like an analog to the real world Swiss. I'm not quite an expert on uh, arms and armor, but something about it just scree- screams Switzerland to me. I feel like I should have a pike.
0: It's definitely interesting. Well, you can always go Dragoon.
1: Eh, but they'd have a slightly different armor
0: set. I suppose, yeah, that one's locked to the job, isn't it? Yep. Actually, well,
1: since I've gotten a fair bit of uh, stuff from the other ones, what does the maiming set look like? Huh. Reasonably similar, a Sli- uh, slightly different coloration, different arm piece, but somewhat similar. Cool. Well, there we go. On tonight's episode of Sarah's Fashion Corner. Right. Woo! Hey, looking good while we save the world. Worlds is important.
0: That's true. It's I mean, true. Glamour is the true end game. We all know this. The one that you can start from level. Well,
1: I was gonna say one, but like level fifteen.
0: Yeah. But uh, anyway, before we get too engrossed in uh, this wonderful game, I do want to throw something out there. We will be uh, doing a cool meetup uh, shortly after episode 100. It'll actually be August 3rd. Come join myself and Yelta from Gather Together on August 3rd at the Uptown Barcade in Uptown Minneapolis. Um, We're starting around 6 p.m. until whenever people decide to go home or the place closes um you can meet up with fellow final fantasy 14 fans we can talk about Shadowbringers, play video games drink beer and eat pizza and just have a good time and what's cool is they're going to have two for one tokens until 9 p.m as well as other specials um just give us a a, a jingle on uh, twitter or you can email us podcast at phoenixradio.com if you have any other questions or uh, want to join up with that because We really would love to uh, get to meet more of our fans out there. So if you're in the Minneapolis area or Minnesota or you just want to travel on uh, August 3rd, come join us. It's going to be a great time. So looking forward to that in in three weeks. God, it's only three weeks away. Wow. Where is the summer going? Where's the year going? We're
2: halfway through June. We're we're in July. July halfway through July. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I don't need any more evidence than that. I guess I'm...
1: Everyone I know says it just seems like stuff goes at a faster and faster rate and it's harder and harder to keep up. I don't know if this is, like, just us getting older or if the world actually is somehow different right now.
0: It's the Ascians.
2: Ascians. Time travel.
0: Confirmed. Uh, (laughs) Sure. We'll go with that. All right. Um, And there's just a little bit of gaming community news out there. I mean, because most of of the news is actually is Shadowbringers related. Um, All the reviews are coming out from the sites. I mean, this game is getting like nines, 9.5s and 10s from the gaming sites. I mean, it's just amazing.
1: I have heard multiple people credibly, uh, like, making serious arguments, not just hype, but, like, after actually going through all stuff saying, hey, we think this is a reasonable contender for one of the best uh, things for the Final Fantasy franchise ever. Like, in ter- terms does just a storyline, the overall presentation,
0: even if uh, you might differ on that, it's up there. Also, tell us if you could be also remind us to move around every so often. Will do. Because we still can um, disconnect. The uh, That's auto still is still a thing. Anyway, um, so the one thing that I wanted to touch on before we get into our discussion topic today, spoiler-free on, uh, on Shadowbringers, um, uh, Square Enix did uh, release their uh, San Diego Comic-Con lineup, and I want to thank Nova Crystals for this information. Um, there isn't much... Final Fantasy stuff going on there since you know they, everybody's you know all in on uh, Shadowbringers right now and th- there isn't any new information yet on the uh, remake. But what they've got going on is there will be an Avengers panel with the director and the performance cast, um, which is supposed to include some public gameplay, which will be kind of nice if you're interested in that. Um, but some Final Fantasy related things that are happening, you can uh, take your picture with Cloud's Hardy Daytona bike from the, the Seven remake. Um, for those of you who like playing uh, the mobile games, you can play Final Fantasy Brave Exvius on a giant touchscreen. So that'd be kind of that right. would be super fun, actually. Right, I, a big, huge um, TV, basically on its edge, and you're and you're just smashing it. Hopefully, not breaking it. Come on, people! <laughs> Having people comment on uh, what, how you should be doing the timings to get your skills to line up properly. Right. Um, you'll be able to get a two-sided Final Fantasy VII Remake poster featuring Cloud and Sephiroth as well as a a Brave Exvius hand fan. Um, And there will be a sneak peek at some new uh, Final Fantasy Fantasy VII Remake Play Arts Kai figures and the Final Fantasy IX Bring Arts figures for those of you who like collecting all the, the figurines. That actually is really interesting Yeah, and a lot of stuff. Yes. I mean, for those who got the collector's edition for uh, 14 Shadowbringers, um, they'll notice that the uh, um, those figures that, that they're shipping with now are absolutely amazing quality. So if you like collecting that stuff, you know, there's a reason why it goes for, you know, 100 bucks plus. It's really good looking stuff.
1: Did you guys get the collector's edition of Shadowbringers?
0: I did. Uh, I got the uh, digital collector's edition. As did I. Yeah, I, I got the, the Dark Knight statue. Nick Nard did as well. And you can check our Twitter feeds if you want to see what that looked like. I actually did an unboxing the day I got it. So it's really cool. But, That's exciting.
2: Uh, I'll have to go back and check that
0: out. Yeah, that would have been on the Monday stream of last week. So, Anything else going on that you guys are aware of in the uh, community or anything like that? That I was not made aware of. I know there are some things going on in Gotcha, but I don't know if Sarah had a chance to go through any of that yet. Um, uh, I did not. I have had my attention
1: consumed with this to the point that my room is actually a little bit of a mess.
0: You should be ashamed of yourself. Just kidding.
1: Eh, yeah, should, but
0: it aren't. <laughs> right? No, it's all good. Um, no,
1: just been Because I was going through at a relaxed pace But I was also exploring, just enjoying a lot of stuff for that So, yeah I have I've been doing uh, Dailies and stuff like that But I know there's a bit going on in the gotcha stuff That I just have not been keeping up with yeah.
0: I have been basically consumed by Shadowbringers Yeah Consumed by Pretty the much. shadow Wahaha ha, ha. <laughs> Yeah, I can't get that high to do that Oh, my God, that music. Anyway, let's go. Uh, ahead.
1: Yes, I have convinced some friends of mine uh, who have a very nice uh, shower stall. They uh, let me take a shower after I got in from a jog that like pretty much play that music, get some forest sounds in there. You
0: could totally turn the place into a spa experience. Is that not like spa experience music? Oh, God damn it. Now I'm never going to look at the Great Wood in the same way again. You mean Greatwood Great- music is so fun, though it is the it- Greatwood Norvant's premier
1: uh, getaway for rest and relaxation.
0: Oh god, damn it, Sarah! You-, you could totally get a job as a Nor-Vrant, uh, um like a tour, tour and guy- travel um, kind of person.
1: I already have half my sightseeing log filled in.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm about a third of the way That's through. Awesome.
1: God, I love the sightseeing log so much.
2: I have like a quarter of mine just because I see them and I'm like, I want to try to get there. And then I'll get there and actually bother to spin the camera around to try to look at everything. To just be like, okay, what cool thing do they want you to see? Mm -hmm. And I'll sit up there and let the day transition. I'm like, oh my
1: God, this is so cool. Wait, the day transitions? You mean it's not just glowing light all the time? (laughs)
0: Spoilers. (sighs) Anyway, so. Anyways. Let's move on. We're going to jump into our discussion topic here. Um, we're going to start by talking about the zones. Um, like I said, we are currently in, um, the biggest city in Norvrant. Um, the Crystarium, which is right outside of the crystal tower. And like I said, this place is huge. It really is. It's beautifully done. Um, a mixture of green and blue trees and yeah. uh just... all of the crystal grass
1: glass and uh, frames and whatnot, it kinda gives it a little bit of an art deco feel. Uh kinda like Gridania had something similar going. So there's some bit that's reminiscent of that aesthetic. Yeah, it's kinda like really a kind of glassy great. Gridania. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like Gridania had money. Which uh <laughs> It, uh that combined Shots with like fire. all the really well done brickwork makes it feel like it's a little bit more of a modern place i mean going to that art deco thing kind of brings it into like tw- early 20th century mm-hmm. stuff while still keeping that fantasy feel so it does feel like somewhere that's a little more advanced but not in the usual okay we're gonna go super technological elegant alien to everything
0: type thing so mm-hmm. they got a really different feel out of that which i appreciated mhm It's very well done um it's beautiful to hang out here. The music is, is really nice here. Um, and there's so many different areas within the Crysterion to explore. Um, like I said, where we're currently at, this is basically the bar. It's where the, uh, you can do your um, role quests up here. All of the NPCs for that are in this area. And just behind us is actually the, uh, the inn area where you can go and you get into your inn room and you have a lot of uh, interesting conversations in there. Dude,
1: that in-room, I feel like it's bigger than a small house.
0: I think it is. At least as far as the the, the single floor. Yeah. like That's a really nice space. It might actually be almost on par with a medium space. Yeah, I'm
1: not quite
0: sure about that, but it's a good-sized space, and it's a really pleasant one. It's beautifully done. I want to be able to open my window. (laughs) They can do it in, in, in... in the in here why can't we do it back home or in like our private rooms or something i know they were talking about it but yeah i mean that might be something that they decide to start adding now the fact that they actually used the in room for story cutscenes though was it was awesome mm-hmm. they- i
2: enjoyed going in being like i need to go to my in room that means i need to not afk for the next three minutes because something important is gonna
0: yeah, you. It means you need to pay attention. So if it yeah, ends with that, that NPC, to, yes, it's a time to
1: like you're taking a break from your adventures and you're doing a little of processing of what all just happened.
0: Or you're you're just gonna get dumped with more information, actually. But yeah, but a lot of it what, uh, was also processing. Have any mm-hmm. of you guys jumped into the crafting yet or gathering? Yes, I have not. I was just about to start on fishing today i've i've gotten started on the gathering side so i can make sure that my retainers can level up as well Uh, i haven't jumped into crafting yet but the uh system they have here for leveling up your crafters and gatherers is actually pretty nice as well it's a lot easier than we've had it
2: previously i know that having it's all split up so like if you have your blacksmith up but not your armor you can still do stuff on your blacksmith and you can still turn things in as opposed to just, oh, you want to turn this in as a blacksmith. Well, your blacksmith is at max level, so it's not going to do you any good. But here you can still get benefits for your other lower level classes to get everybody up to 80, depending yeah. on what you already have maxed out.
1: Yeah, they kind of have it as this neat, uh, the crafts and uh, are broken based on thematic type stuff. So you have one that's involved
0: with all the metalworking ones, for instance. Yep.
2: Metal consumable, craftable,
0: and then your the gathering other? and fishing.
2: Yep, that sounds
0: right. Yeah, okay, there's the five facets. So far, all I've done is the uh, the gathering and the fishing one. I can just now start up the level 73 ones, I believe I got everything up to seventy three now. But um, yeah, you get to do those quests every three ish levels. It looks like. So, I haven't done anything in Yulemore yet, though. So, I need to look at, into that. Because that also has some uh, areas for crafting. I think yeah, it's just that's crafting. Yeah, little Yulemore
2: is the new Roger's Reach. I...
0: Oh, so is that Pretty high much. level stuff?
2: Yeah, because there's spoilers. There's a lot of NPCs that you can't talk to until you're max level. So it feels like it's the new Ralgers Reach slash Idleshire slash Mordo.
0: I haven't talked to anybody there yet as a crafter or gatherer, so, so I cannot uh, Ralger or uh Yulmore takes on a bit
1: more of the role of like the Rowena's house of splendors and collectibles related type stuff.
0: Yeah, I guess that does make sense because um but yeah, there's a lot of stuff there that is inaccessible, like the the um the ithrite shard. Is um, or the crystal is not accessible until you beat the game, basically. Yeah, basically, and uh, otherwise, I mean, there is an ethernet that is available there that you, so you can do a little bit of traveling around, um, but you can't access Yulemore directly, you have to actually zone into um, the outside you walk. area, um, Kaluja first before you can get in there. But once you beat the game, and like I said, it, it, there's a story reason behind it, so it does all make sense. But um, I thought that was kind of interesting that they did it that way. I liked it because it, as a player, like we know,
2: like you know, wreck my immersion for a moment here. We know that that's a thing that we should have access to. We don't know why we don't have access to it. Pardon the grammar. And then as we start moving forward, we go, oh, that's why. Okay, how do we change that? oh, that didn't work well, progress, storyline, plot happens. It's yeah. pretty cool how they played with how we feel about the game as players ended up being part of the narrative as well.
0: Yeah, everything has a reason and a, and a time and place. And I thought the introduction of the areas was was well-timed as well. Um, yeah. Because, In- go ahead. In general, I felt like a lot of the stuff
1: about the storyline was very uh, tightly crafted. One thing that came up in a lot of discussions uh, with friends was uh, some of them noted that if they were just following the MSQ in Stormblood, they never hit a level gate. Uh, because there were so many like intervening quests in each one and all these little side things to do uh, that they would get enough XP from it to level. And with this one, there still was a a good bit going on. It still felt like the plow was progressing, but it never felt as much like there was busy work going on. And so there were times where if you were just following the MSQ, you would hit level gates, where you did need to go do some fates or do some side questing or the like. But it wasn't just filling up the thing to make sure you could get another reward to get a piece of gear reward or something like
0: that. And, and we'll get into another bit I want to talk about. You had kind of touched on there, but I think first before we do that, let's jump into some of the other areas. Um, so, oh yes, we had mentioned Yulemore. Um It is basically the the opulent area where we see the fat cats, like in the uh, the trailer, and
1: but most of them were actually reasonably nice.
0: Yes, what'd they're you, doing their best. What do you and think they're, of the spe- they're very sweet. Eventually, what do you think of the beehive?
1: <laughs> oh.
2: that was
0: so terrifying and i'm so happy that it happened anybody get final fantasy 7 feelings from that
1: yeah i was wondering if this was going to be a little bit like shades of wall market or things like that
0: but it, so i'm basically i'm i'm assuming that we're going to get a, a a dancing pole uh housing item soon not so. that, that we need to start up a uh, um a petition for that Like I know a lot of people who want that. I want to put one in our basement too. But uh, yeah, did did Ian in in chat saying became the prime ERP spot? Do you think it took over the uh, um the spot for those at the uh, um the quicksand on uh, on Balmong? (sighs) (laughs) Anyway,
2: hey, let me text uh, Remix and Emmy, and we'll find out. Or, oh, okay.
0: or do we still? I'm have sure to they're gonna in?
1: love that question.
0: <sighs> anyway, um, beautiful, beautifully decorated area inside the the city. Um, very very dark and uh, um foreboding outside. Um, very much a shanty town. Absolutely. You know they're mm-hmm. they're utilizing so cool. Like, it
2: was so cool to not have to be like, oh, look at the pretty cool thing that's built of castles and dreams and magic. And it's like, no, look at the pounded steel and garbage that we have put together into shop.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're literally using the things that were tossed aside by the residents of Yulmore to get by on a day-to-day basis.
1: And wreckage from uh, the disaster.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, But yeah, like... I've used the term uh, repeatedly, but this really felt like this is a world that is on the brink. This is something where people are, like, on the edge. And on edge. Yeah. And just really did this uh, amazing job of presenting this world where everything's gone uh, wrong, where it is a hair's breadth from collapsing into a uh, complete and utter disaster.
0: Yeah. And so let's just g- jump in and talk about the areas outside of the major cities that'll be Lakeland and Kalusia. So Lakeland is the area just outside of the Crystarium and it really really does have a Mordona kind of feel. Yeah,
1: like this is Mordona if uh a, if the Agrius had not gone crashing into it into the center of the lake. But
2: it is basic. go ahead. I was going to say like Mordona, it feels like Fort job was kind of the Mordona center, but instead of having everything go wrong and not have the money or the equipment or the people or the safety now here, it's like, Oh yeah, we can continue to grow. We can continue to make stuff, but there's only so much that we can make. It's a really good outside of city.
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. there's a couple other, uh, Fort areas outside in that area, um, that, that, and what's cool is they actually get utilized through the storyline. So the, the entire area really feels alive.
1: Yeah, there are a number of uh, instanced uh, events where we uh, direct operations between various parts of it. We get to hear about how these uh, various fortresses have been used in the 100-year battle against
0: the Eaters. Or we talk to a certain somebody about going to a certain someplace in another zone. Yeah. And I'm not we gotta work it.
1: on how you communicate vague stuff. That's uh, too vague.
0: Well, those who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're
1: talking oh. about here.
0: It makes a big bubble. Ah, okay. Anyways. And kind of a huge like. I, I, what I the get. Fuck? It,
1: I get it. <laughs> a Hashtag, lot of stuff It's happened. kind of a big deal. Both mm-hmm. the, like stuff happened early on and late on.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a zone that gets utilized quite a bit. Um, same mm-hmm. with um, Kalusia. Kalusia is actually one of those areas that is uh, um, level split. You've got the lower area that you have access to basically right away in the game because um, you have a choice to where you want to start go uh, for the first set of missions. You can either go to Kalusia and uh, meet up. With somebody, or you can go to yeah. another area we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, Arang, and meet up with another person. They
1: actually did that.
0: Yeah, they had uh, both of those zones uh, were levels uh, split
1: where. It was still kind of similar throughout, but you got to look at a different face of it. You get to get details filled out. Uh, The music changed uh, in those zones. And in fact, there was a lot of music, uh, just like zone music, changing throughout. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it really gave a different feel. Uh, It felt like uh, places that were changing uh, that were very much alive.
0: Yeah, it was, like I said, the way that the areas were introduced to us, I thought was done very well. And... It wasn't overly crowded with enemies, but when I first got to those areas, I had to be careful about where I ran to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because there were some decent sized enemies that would uh, like a, a level 70 adventure for lunch.
2: Man, my Chocobo has not been out this much in a long time. Oh, are, <laughs> are
0: you as, as your Choco Bro? Or a, yep, as a Choco Bro, just coming around with me, helping me out. Oh, yeah, I actually brought mine out quite a bit too as I was leveling, especially during fates,
1: yeah, they do have a number of mechanics to encourage people to continue to do fates uh even after the x p uh bonus that you get for it
0: yeah, we can talk about that and yeah. l- towards we'll uh, get to that we'll yeah, get to exactly. that exactly um but the 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 Kalugia area like I said it was that like I said definitely reminded me of the uh the limsa laminsa um Lanosha area there we go, yeah. Dude, Kalusha, when I first saw it, I was like, is this 1.0 Limsa with a different color path? It kind of did feel that way, didn't it? Yeah, oh, there what? are so much like that.
1: There are a lot of areas that are very, uh, fairly reminiscent of bits of 1.0, just because, hey, you do have this similar geography that maybe it's taken a little bit of a different path through stuff, but you're starting with the same underlying geography.
3: Mm hmm.
0: And then we had that other area we're talking about, where you could split off to go to instead of Kalusia. That would be Am Arang, which definitely is a, is a desert area, much like Thanalan.
1: Yeah, uh, not just in uh, being a desert, but a lot of stuff with mining operations. People often think of Thanalan as being Ulda, Da, the desert reaches to the south, but they forget about stuff like uh, northern Thanalan with the. Uh, ceruleum uh, drilling, um, the amonaging of abandoned mithril mine, lots of various mining concerns throughout Thanalan as well. So that's one that was also really well represented there.
0: Yep. Mining used to be a, a huge thing in the Amaring area. The uh, the flood kind of uh, ruined a lot of that. But uh, there are still a few people that make their living on that. Most of it is now done in, with trade uh, with other areas. Yep, but uh, And it was interesting to see not just uh, Yulmore and the Crystarium,
1: but the remnants of uh, two other major cities, uh, one in Amorang and one in an- another area. So it was like that again, I think, drove home the whole like, hey, this is a world that is in bad shape, not just the city having a small number, but being able to see the scope of what had been lost in
0: it. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that other area. That would be Ilmeg, which is now the domain of the fairy folk.
1: Yeah, this would be normally in our world, it'd be where you'd find Curthus and a lot of those northern mountain ranges.
0: But oh my god, is that a beautiful area?
2: It's one of the most gorgeous in this expansion. The music's super fun, the color palette is super oh, fun. It's bright the quests as hell. are interesting. It's like, where did this come from? Like, why is this in this expansion? And then you realize. Because we need that kind of lift and we need that kind of levity inside of a Shadowbringers expansion.
1: We need something bright yeah. and colorful and silly. And even then, you've got plenty of ruins, you've got plenty of stuff to show what came before and what's been lost. Yeah. Like, I'm, as I said, I'm wearing uh, this Iron style, but you also see a lot of the buildings, you see a lot of that architectural one. As I said, it kind of gives you a feeling of like the uh, various Swiss mountain uh, kingdoms, chalets, all sorts of stuff like that.
0: Beautifully done, uh, especially the ruined area underwater. I don't think that's a spoiler to say that, but... Yep.
1: I think they showed it in the uh, benchmark. There's like a a section of it that has been flooded and that you can swim around and explore a lot of those ruins underwater
0: as well. Just a well done area. But I I would say probably my favorite area would be the Rak'tika Greatwood. Which... one. Two, three, Uh, uh, lahi.
1: Yeah, yeah. That particular the starting couple notes of it has become a meme in and of itself. I love. (laughs) Very nice. But yeah, another piece of excellent music and one that's. Uh, I used to talk about 1.0 Black Shroud, how it felt like the forest was kind of closing in on you and also concealed all these uh, secrets in it. And Rakteika, I felt like, captured a bit of that. Oh, absolutely. Of a place that not only is, like, in some ways a little bit oppressive and dangerous and you do not mess with it, but also that conceals all of these deep hidden things within it.
0: Oh, I mean, like I said, I really got FF12 vibes out of the Rakteika Greatwood. Mm-hmm. but I mean, it is Seconded. beautiful, um, but it is dangerous. um the music really just sucks you in and it 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 makes you, your travels through there um fun and I it, guess it, at no point does it really feel like it's a forest area. it's really do- really well done. you're gonna hear me say that a lot mm-hmm.
2: I was really excited that was actually the first zone that I got flying in just because I knew that I was going to want to be in that zone. Uh,
0: yeah. But I mean, there are a couple of spots in there where it's difficult to fly between this is another zone that's kind of level split. Um, though you get access to it a little bit easier and actually not far from when you're introduced to the great woods. So it's not all that long, but you are blocked off until you hit certain points within the storyline. And I'll go ahead and mention, because I think I know how to talk
1: about this, uh, we do know that we were told there would be six zones, there is a sixth region. Uh, not only was I impressed with the region itself, for reasons that I think anyone who's been in it would find obvious, so I, and I don't want to go into the spoiler stuff of it, but... The dedication that th- they had to making sure that no information was accidentally revealed about it. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking at the orchestrion list, it says somewhere in Norvrad. If you're looking at map stuff, so many things are marked with uh, question marks or just uh, concealed entirely. Like l- entire sections of map got it, little dots and tracking things added after game events it is really good about keeping that information from you and not letting you accidentally interface spoil yourself which i was really appreciative of that attention to detail there i think it's because they blew that
2: a couple of expansions ago if okay hold up heaven's word spoilers heaven's word spoilers uh raubon's arm like there was a straight-up title and like a uh, award or whatever so you log into your ps4 and it's like your friend has achieved this title from doing this event right. you're like
1: dude thanks appreciate that now or, the I know. Ti- or the time when the title reward was popolimo's final witness yeah that was crap like
2: one. that it's like dude come on so yeah. now they spend
1: a remarkable amount of
2: time making sure that we don't do that as a player, that's incredibly nice to be able to really see something. And like you said, not be playing on the interface and spoil part of the narrative.
0: Yep. So mm-hmm. I can't wait till everybody gets a chance to go with it to this area. The, what, how they represented it was amazing. And the things you find down there are just uh, mind blowing. Not just that it was mind blowing, but it oh, it evoked
1: a lot of emotion. And a lot of questions. Yeah. But I mean, like. Oh, just... I have so many questions
2: after this expansion. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah.
1: Oh, I've got a plenty too. But, like, we've had them give us que- uh, questions and intrigue us with storyline before. They've done that a lot. This one evoked a lot of emotion, a lot of feeling. Like, Ugh. there was a lot of, like, sadness and reflectiveness and a lot of, being, of like, empathy for the difficult situations that some characters yeah, uh, were facing. there
0: was definitely a lot of that at the end, at the end bit of the, the storyline. Um, yeah,
1: and so I think they did a... Like, they took a, a, a tale that, in terms of, of some of its tropes, is stuff that we've seen before, but the way they told it, what they conveyed about the characters, about what had happened, about how this had been... Uh, how people had reacted to this and thought about it, just the way that they delivered that all, it felt like a little bit of an emotional punch over and over, and I was really impressed with how they managed to marshal that and put that all together.
0: Yeah, it was the type of punch that was just perfectly needed at that point. Yeah.
3: It, it,
2: it was well, anytime wonderful. they can use the writing to really like tune into the fact that we are intrinsically motivated and we want to see this through, we feel like Warriors of Light, we want to be part of this story, they're utilizing that to make us more interested and make us continue that's really impressive
0: ian you're very close to getting to this area just keep pushing through the storyline all right you're level 78 it's going to be accessible very soon
2: Mm -hmm. you're right behind us dude we got you
0: yeah i mean like I said, we don't want to ruin it for anybody like i said that's two weeks from now (laughs) oh yeah two weeks from now clubs are off yeah we are going spoilers uh for our 100th so
1: I mean, that's also when they're uh, putting access to Phantasmagoria tomes and stuff like that. So. Exactly. Wait, I think they also figure that four right? weeks is reasonable. Just kidding. Wow, um, I appreciate that they made it four weeks oh, this thank time. Thank you.
0: Thank you. There we go. Um, all right. So let's talk about those dungeons. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay, Sarah, help me if, if you think some of those names are a little bit spoilery. We'll, we'll avoid them.
1: Uh, let me take a quick look here.
0: I think the first one should be fine to mention the name Holminster Switch, which is a small village in the Lakeland area. Yeah,
1: for most of them, I don't think the I tend to have a slightly more relaxed attitude about it, but I don't think anything except for the uh, level seven, uh, level seventy-nine and onward.
0: Okay, we'll 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 save those then, but we'll yeah.
1: Knowing of the existence of a place, I don't think necessarily spoils a lot. But okay. so we have a whole Mr. Switch, that village in the Lakeland region. Yep.
0: Um, the way that they initiated or how they put bosses into that. Holy shit. I have never been terrified in a dungeon. But I came
2: really damn close on this. One. I, I, yeah. no,
0: I, I, I had a different reaction. And like I said, we'll get more into that when we get into the spoiler cast. But there's one boss where it's like. Do I really want to fight this? I yes. think everyone had that
1: reaction. Yeah. Or they felt something about that
2: boss. Yeah.
0: There was something and about And if you
1: go in with
2: go in with your trusts, you get a really cool experience if you go in with your trusts.
0: Yeah, I'm probably the only person who hasn't used trusts yet.
1: Oh, I use trusts for almost every single one, sometimes repeatedly just cuz partly to collect armor and part since I want it for all the jobs. And partly because I wanted to see how they would react to stuff. Uh, trusts interact with each other in various ways. Certain combinations will unlock different uh, conversations. Or in a couple cases, uh, different ability sets and moves.
0: I'll probably end up utilizing them for when I level up tanks and healers. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'll maybe run them once just to see what the storyline like that. because. You know, it's a little easier when you're the person in charge of the dungeon. You know, I'm just kind of a little bit salty from the uh, the squadrons <laughs> and help
1: Oh, we all are, dude. Squadron was horrible.
0: But I, I...
1: mean, squadron was the testing ground
0: for this. Yep, and we'll, and uh, we'll get more trusts a little bit further down, though. I just wanted to kind of t- yeah. touch on it just a, t- a little bit. Yeah, these operate a lot better. Yep. Um, then the, the next dungeon we end up getting is when we get into the Ilmeg area, and that's Meg. and that was a fun little romp Mm -hmm. froggy so many froggies uh il
1: meg we are dealing a lot with the uh fey and fairy folk that moved in after the kingdom of verbert fell and so we have to deal with a lot of fey trickery and all sorts of different forms uh, both overt and sometimes a little bit more subtle
0: yep very but a very well done dungeon and i I thought it was very interesting the i just want to kind of say without being too spoiler I don't think if I talk about the last boss that one mechanic
3: oh no go for it where, that, where,
0: that mechanic's hilarious where you where the, the the floor gets split open and in order to get over there and not wipe you have to cross basically a um, tightrope that was so cool uh, the one thing that I want to throw in for trusts on that
1: is all of your different trust members approach that obstacle different yeah, and
0: that's why I wanted to mention it
1: yeah, the way And the way that they uh, approach that is another one of those things where it, they're using this mechanic to, to uh, add a little bit of characterization to establish a little bit more about how this particular person ap- approaches problems. So that was another one where it was fun to run it repeatedly just to see how each one of them handled that mechanic. Yeah,
2: Ian and Nick are in the chat are saying I fell, I had trouble with the mechanic I've always gotten
1: <laughs> so close. Yeah. And I'm like dude, first
0: person. I know it sounds weird, but it worked. Oh, I, I I fell the first time, but I was able to get through it the, the last couple, the the other times that I ran the dungeon. So, but like I said, it's it's still I I love that they did that in there, and I wish they had done more.
1: Yeah. Uh, your trust NPCs will also have plenty of little word balloons as they comment on it, and there's a couple of them whose comments I absolutely love for that.
0: Oh, and thank you, Peter, for reminding me. If anybody wants to um, touch in on their um. What they, their thoughts on Shadowbringers. Once we get towards the end of our discussion here, we would love to have you guys uh, say what you think of um, this expansion so far and uh, join us in the Discord chat there. Um, Sorry, just wanted to get that out there. But uh, let's go ahead and continue on with the Kitana Ravel. Now, that this was a very interesting um, set of ruins in the Ractika Greatwood. I thought it was a, 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 a kind of. I only ran the dungeon once, to be honest with you, but I did enjoy running it. What about this you guys? One
2: I think it is.
0: Oh, this was the yeah. This one I think I ran
2: once. I had an absolutely garbage healer, so I ran through it a second time with trusts. It's huge. It is a massive, massive dungeon in scope and scale. So being able to kind of look up and say, "Wow," even as a Lala fell. Like, I'm tiny all over the place. I'm really tiny in here. Like, the actual dungeon itself felt huge. Which yeah. is a big thing when you're transported to... Like, we're not on the first anymore. Like, this is a new place. Now we're in a new space that we're trying to go through in order to achieve a goal. And everything is huge to me. And, and now we have this dungeon that should be an easy cakewalk. And it's absolutely not. It was designed... To look like it was going to be
1: difficult. Which was a lot of fun. It passes through a number of different environments as well. Uh, The transitions never really felt jarring though. Which I appreciated. Do you remember the burn? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay so we're in white sand. That kind of looks like snow. And now we're surrounded by alligator crap. And now we're in a cave. And now we're back on the sand again. Oh also there's an ice dragon. Just like what? That didn't make any sense and felt super janky. This does not. The uh, Quitado Rabble actually flows together really, really
1: Yeah.
0: It was a like I said, nice design with different areas in it. To give you just a just slightly different feeling as you're progressing through it that you you, you know you're getting deeper, you know you're getting closer to the to the end.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and then I suppose we can, We we'll, we'll t- the last one we will talk a little bit about is uh, Malika's Well, which is uh, in the um, second half of the Almarang um, area. Now, this place was creepy.
1: Yeah, that one is a old well that has become a center for mining operations that we delve into as part of the main scenario. Uh, and, uh... What do I want to say? Because it had this odd mix of like a lot of the like kind of slightly more modern, cleaner areas. The ones that had been used for those mining operations. Uh, And then especially in a lot of the later parts, you have it as we're going deeper in becoming more like. uh, How do I describe it? Kind of like reclaim, kind of taking on this creepy foreboding aspect to it. That sounds about right. Like there, we started off in spaces where people have
2: been here recently because we still have to mine, and then we keep digging, and it's like, oh, we might not have used this space in a while, and then we get in and go, oh, we definitely haven't used this space in a while.
1: Yeah, I'm reminded of stuff like Copperbell Mines where they were trying to invoke the, like, hey, you have this mining thing, and as you go further and further, it's like, ah, oh, they dug too deep. And so it's again taking that idea and kind of uh, putting a little bit of a different spin on it. Definitely got that kind of creepy eldritch feeling towards the end. Especially with uh, the boss that was there being unusually strange and like otherworldly. Yeah. Like even compared to the other ones of its type, it was unusually so. But it was.
2: I feel like I can say best boss, average dungeon. But I think that was one of the best
1: bosses.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I really enjoyed that boss fight.
1: I've run it several times. The mechanics, it turned ended up feeling, after the first uh, couple times, like, the mechanics of it felt really, really simple. Like, it definitely had a lot of cool factor, but once the, oh, wow, wears off, it didn't quite grab me as much.
0: That's fair to say.
2: I'll let you know after my 10th run where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get them close.
0: That's true.
2: Gotta do the fashion corner.
0: Yep. And then there are, just so you guys are aware of it, there are four other dungeons um, after this. Um, One at level 79, and then three once you hit level 80. Yeah. You've got your
1: traditional final dungeon and then two uh, post-game dungeons. Which, Uh, they're all
0: very well done.
1: Yeah. The standard that they've had for a lot of these expansions has been... uh, uh, trial at uh, le- at three and trial at seven, and they delayed the trial uh, to the uh, seventy nine instead of seventy seven. Which coming immediately after the dungeon, the level seventy nine dungeon and trial together themselves felt like they could be an end game. Felt like they could be a leading up to a conclusion.
0: Oh yeah, they definitely could. I- have
2: agree and you get out of the dungeon and then it's like okay you can't turn in the quest that sent you here yet you now have to do this trial too it's like i have to what are you serious like i'm going to but holy crap that was a not an expected turn
1: for how i had to progress yeah like it uh really just a lot that part of it the whole environment that you're in what you had to do to get there that in and of itself would have been something worthy for the ending of a game
0: yeah but they brought it even further and it was not just a little bit of story there was at least five more hours of story after that yeah, they like up the stakes a pretty
1: good bit there. Oh, yeah. I was reminded a little bit of like something like, say, Final Fantasy VI, where you go to Thamasa, you have the stuff with the Ethers, you feel like okay, we've reached this conclusion, and then something a little unexpected happens, and it's like, oh dear, the scope turned out to be more than we thought. <laughs> I'm dealing with that in five. Like you're, you're like, oh,
2: we're getting to a cool part in the plot, and then it's like. And now you have a character dead and you're on world three. And you're like, I'm on what? <laughs> it's, like I've been playing, it's a job based game. I've been playing for 55 hours. What do you mean? I have a third world.
1: Let's see. We take them and mash them up. Erk! And now you can ride around the world on a chocobo. Do, 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 oh, boko do, do,
0: do, do. Oh, right,
1: So I think there actually is someone who will reward you if you can ride around the world on a chocobo. I remember that being one of the random side quests.
0: All right. And then there were f- three trials available in the game. Um, one we'll talk about, the Dancing Plague. That one was shown off, and that was the uh, fight that was at, like, uh, um, E3. Mm-hmm. And p- pits us up against the, uh, um, the the Pixie King, Titania. And that it is a is great battle. Fight. It was so charming. That music.
3: Oh, oh, the music's a banger.
2: It's so (laughs) fun. I hate going as a solo tank, though. I want to have a second tank so that they know what the hell to do.
0: Why are you going as a solo tank?
2: Because I don't have anybody else in my FC that wants to do it.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. You, You queue up with a second tank so that way you have somebody to bounce it off of.
2: Oh, thank God, yes, because okay. my god, the mechanics are brutal if you don't have two tanks that no Yeah.
0: Other- I do not want to tank that fight. Um I and I definitely do not want to tank the EX version of that fight. I didn't have a problem with it. It seemed fine.
1: Just wait till you get to the EX.
2: My friend Ruby actually messaged me and she said, Hey, do you have a character on Aether? And I was like, No, why? She was like Because we're having trouble on EX, and I need a tank that is competent. (laughs) And I was like, wow, really? She's like, how much is it for a level jump? And I'm like, Ruby, I am not buying a level 70 character to bang it up to 80 to come do this stupid trial with
1: you. Figure it out. That's some desperation there.
0: But you can do it with us here soon. Very, very soon. Yay. Um... But yeah, we won't talk about the other two trials because they are very story-spoiler-ish. But like we did say, one of them comes after um, the level 79 dungeon, like immediately after, and then the last one is the very last bit. And when you get to it, oh my god. That beginning scene of it.
1: I mean, the entire dungeon leading up to it as well was just... It was a beautifully crafted experience. It was another one that was attempting to evoke a, a certain feeling, a certain emotion, and oh my God, did it land it?
0: Yeah.
2: They, they, I saw they the distracted did. boyfriend meme, and they replaced the two girls with the logos for Shadowbringers and Heavensward. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the trials are a huge part of that why that meme is.
0: Or they replace it with a Stormblood, Stormblood and Shadowbringers? Is that the one you mean? No, oh, Heaven's Word <laughs> I yeah, Some people thought Heaven's Word was a lot better storyline
2: Yeah, for sure
0: But yeah, this was An amazing, amazing um, Just well done And immersive And Like I said, there's a, there's a reason why we all Binge played it, you know, as much as we could Because we can't stop thinking about the damn thing It's just that well done um any other thoughts on the uh the, the battle content dungeons and trials
2: equip your gear when you get it the the HQ gear that you get out of the chests is honestly number by number potentially better than your melded eye level 390 or three or 400 stuff it's Absolutely crazy, but those little numbers mean the difference between wiping and success.
0: I will and say, the I the battle is that complex now, it's awesome. I didn't need to switch out gear until probably again halfway through leveling, probably started swapping out about level 75, and the weapon lasted me all the way until um, 78 or 79. Something like that. I mean, I could have gotten by with it, but then again, I had all 400 gear melded plus a, a a god bow.
2: I was dancing around between 390 and 400 stuff, so I was like, "Oh, I have 418 gear. I'll take it. Like, that's absolutely worth."
0: Yeah, it. Yeah, when we get to that point, absolutely. But I'm I'm talking like the 403, the 409. Oh god, no. The 412. <laughs> I think I started.
2: Stuff. I think I started at like 409 is where I actually started bothering because it's yeah. like. It's the same, but if I add material to it, it will be better. But I can't add grade seven material to it, so why bother?
0: <sighs> what about you, Sarah? When did you start swapping out your gear? Uh, I mean, I fairly early on, mostly because I hadn't done that much. Okay, I suppose. You, yeah, you had a lot of three hundred and eighty, three hundred and ninety stuff. Pretty much. Okay, and that makes sense. Um, yep. So then, the question for me, for which
3: I, I
1: mean was, uh, I'll want to throw in that was really nice in terms of making it accessible at someone who hadn't necessarily spent as much time going crazy on the end game.
0: Yep. So what I want to touch on right now, before we get into talking about the single player instances, um, how they handled the gear um, rewards this time. What did you guys think of those coffers that they gave us instead? <laughs>
2: that was 110% one... in every time go back and replace realm
1: reborn forward holy crap those are so much yeah i think that's one of the things that as i said with tightening up of uh, the quest line having those coffers meant that they didn't have to say okay and now we need to have three quests in each one of these because we need one with the four weapons for this set and one with the four weapons for this set and one with the four weapons for this one like just being able to give out one coffer instead of needing four uh, quests to make sure that you can get the one that you want and some other spares which i'm sure people loved selling oh yeah really let them tighten things up a bit
0: i made a fortune selling off that gear i opened it on my bard then it turned into the aiming gear, and everybody leveling up their dancer was buying that stuff up.
2: <laughs> Look at you playing the smart game.
0: <laughs> well, I was oh, yeah. trying to think, do I want to open it up as, as Bard, or do I want to open it up as a tank? Because, I mean, you're thinking about it, they got two new jobs. It's like, I think more people are going to be playing as dancer, and I think pe- more people are playing dancer.
1: I mean, I just uh, was going on the basis of... I was going on the basis of, hey, which job like am I getting stuff for in the dungeons versus which ones do I need a little bit of help to get a piece for it?
0: but yeah, it's it's been I thought that was I, a smart way of doing it, I think they upped the amount of experience yeah, we get per quest too, right? Yes, so by tightening all that down, it made it much easier to run through mm-hmm. so you're not, and you're not feeling think, as locked.
2: I felt like, first of all, spin your camera, uh, Klaus. Thank Secondly, you. like, I didn't really have a ton of issues literally only doing MSQ, uh, flying quests, a couple of side quests when just a city was too cluttered, and I just wanted to clear a couple of things out. Um, I think I did main scenario roulette once, and I'm fine. Like, I'm halfway through 79 and don't really have an issue.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. and l- l- yeah. let's, let's now talk about side quests. I just sorry, I just wanted to jump this in there because the other thing that they changed it with Shadowbringers is the fact that all side quests can be started at 70. Yes.
2: yes.
0: No matter. Some
1: what. of them may want you to fight things uh, that are going to be a bit difficult at that level.
0: But I think you you can switch to a higher level thing, go back to your lower level and turn it in at that level. I think
2: that is correct. You can do that. Now, what we've been doing up to this point was you grab your level 63 quests that you never bothered to clear. You go beat the crap out of it on your level 70. I level 400 DPS with your Chocobo out. You cleared 30 of them. And then you go grab your monk that you never bothered to level up in Stormblood for whatever reason at 63. And you transform into that and turn in all the quests and you still get the same amount of EXP. Mm hmm. With the new system, you pick them up at 70, 71, 79, does not matter. You pick them up wherever, and then you switch to your level 77, level 79, level 80 character, smash everything, but everything that you're killing has been scaled up to be as difficult as it needs to be to be a challenge for a level 80. Then you go back and switch to being like a level 70 samurai that you haven't touched yet, and half your bar is missing, ripped. You can turn that in, but you only get that percentage of EXP based on being a level 70 class. So you can do it with the higher level stuff, and if you turn it in on a higher level, you get more EXP. But it allows you to pick up the side quests, do them as whatever class you have equipped right now, and you still get the right amount of credit when you turn it in. Yep. So you're not over-inflating your EXP or selling yourself short.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Or if you end up running like, out of quests in the zone, you can go to another zone and do the quest there.
1: Like it takes a lot of the having to futz around and micromanage it out.
0: Yes. That. Mm -hmm. But no, it's very, a very nice, smooth uh, quality of life improvement for leveling up characters. Um, Have
2: you guys done heaven on high yet? I have not. Nah. No. It's very, very different in the in the same way that when Heaven's Word first came out, we kind of went back to Realm Reborn content and went, hey, some stuff changed. Now what do we do? When Stormblood came out, we went, hey, a lot changed. Now what do we do? Now we're going backwards into Heaven on High, and we go, okay, well, we didn't always have Protect in here because we didn't always have a healer, but now, like, a lot of our AoE skills are very different. The way that tanks build up, especially as warriors, the way we build up our Rage Meters... That's super different. The way Mm. bards use their skills is super different. So all of a sudden, pulls have to change in heaven on high. Like it's really strange and bizarre, but it's a new challenge and it's made heaven on high a different experience than we've had prior. So it's a really cool way to, if you have 21 through 30 unlocked, spam the crap out of it. It's a cool way to get a few levels.
0: And just get used to the way your character plays a little bit.
1: A little bit. I think a Gunbreaker managed to get the uh,
0: Floor 100 solo clear. That sounds right. I could see that. I wonder if a Dancer could do the same. I think they lacked the self-healing. I thought they had some healing. but or does Not it rel- enough. It, it relies on another person, though, doesn't it? I mean, you've got Curing Waltz, and if you, even if you don't have a Dancing Partner, you get one,
1: but part of it is that, hey, your Dance Partner also throws off a cure, and if you're standing together, it's
0: a double-strength cure. Yeah, I suppose they they cut it in their potency in half because of that. Yeah, it's something where you can either
1: ha- stand together and you have like a much stronger one, or they can be across the battlefield and you're applying AOE cures in two spots at once. Yes, very nice.
0: Um, okay, so let's continue on. And the next thing I have on the list is single player instances. Now there were a few um, fights that you had to go through with yourself and the npcs and with the the way the trust system is now these were improved dramatically they went so well they could do so much more with them as well yeah they made really good use of all uh, the role-playing sequences as well
1: one thing i'll mention is that uh All of the role quests have, at some point, have a role-playing sequence where you're uh, reliving an important part of the story. Mm -hmm. And just a lot of those, a lot of them were really challenging. There's uh, one segment in particular I think a lot of people uh, wiped on or struggled with that ended up being really, really dramatic, which I think was the point of it. But it definitely seemed like something where they were a bit willing to challenge us more on it uh, and have it be more than just a quick, brief moment.
0: But yeah, I I've, I I've, I've just loved the um, ability to go through those. I'm hoping they give let us play them again. Sometime. Well, I mean, we've
1: got the new game plus coming.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. More...
2: Whenever new game plus works out, I hope we get to do some of this cool stuff again. Cause it's
1: like I believe that they, they explicitly want... said that's the point of new game plus. Yes, and not, I'm
0: super down. Not just go back and replay everything <laughs> linearly again um uh, i well they said you would be going through the quest i think you could choose to go
1: uh you don't have to go necessarily all the way to the beginning i think they said you could choose to like go to the start of a particular expansion
2: i want to do the here the warriors of darkness spinoff story that would be really nice to do again right now
1: <laughs> oh yeah uh, i'll mention of the various instanced and role-playing content the one just uh um, and uh preceding the dungeon, is the one that really grabbed me.
0: I'm trying to remember that one. Because the one um, that I recall was in Lakeland.
1: Yeah, there was... I will type at you. Yeah. I yeah. don't want to yeah, type Yeah, just
2: type it. By it's type in. Nick, they saying a lot of the solo instances felt like mini dungeons. Yeah, yes. And absolutely they did. They absolutely Hey, are you skeptical about trusts? Okay, here's a forced MSQ mini-dungeon with
0: your trusts. It's fine, I promise. Oh, yes, that one. I do remember that one. That was... It was very. Yes, absolutely. I guess I was thinking about, you know, because when Nick Nair mentioned about the ones that feel like the mini dungeons, the one in Lakeland is definitely a mini-dungeon. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And then there was one I, other one. Um, i trying to remember which one that was. Oh, it was in uh, Kalusia. That was also, uh, it was a kind of a, uh, an escort quest that was really fun to do as well. But- the escort quest was interesting because
2: I messed up and had to do it again. And the weather changed. And so I got to do it in two different sets of weather and I got to see the whole environment differently. And the mood of the quest changes a lot when it's raining.
0: I bet. Huh? But no, it was, I thought they did a great job with all of this. And I guess that I, I, I salute them for that. Basically with this and then the trust system, you can play through the majority of the game solo minus the, yeah. the trials.
1: Uh, I know I have a friend who has social anxiety who always stresses a bit about doing group content, and uh, they were saying that... What was it? That the trust system allowed them to go through and, like, practice a little bit, and then they felt a little better about uh, going with others because they didn't feel like, oh, I'm going to mess something up and look stupid. I mean, I'd like it if they could, like, work on the anxiety issues as well, but, like, this is a good start. Yeah, and- It's a really
2: good stepping stone to be like, Oh, gosh, why didn't you know mechanics? Do you not read your tooltips? tips? Grumble, grumble. It's like, no, I've beaten this boss multiple times. I know what's about to happen. So I, w- I know what my role is here. Like, it's a really helpful thing. I'm super happy they added it.
0: Yeah, it was good stuff. So let's jump into the trust, since that's basically where we're at at this point. Um, like I said, I can't speak as to how well they work within the dungeons, but it sounds like you two have had oh. quite a bit of experience on it.
1: I can tell you so much. <laughs> <laughs> huh.
0: I'll leave it in your hands. All right.
1: So, they do have, it is something where they have more of some roles than others. There's a in pretty much all cases, there's uh, one person that you can select from for to act as your tank. Uh, you'll sometimes have uh, two people available as healer, and then potentially up to three different people who can act as DPS. So you can bring a number of different parties, though at the same time there are some people who can never be together. For instance, since there's two healers, uh, they cannot ever be in a party at the same time, so you don't get to see those two interact. Uh, They do have some unique interactions, both for particular dungeons and especially between particular people based on relationship. I know in one case it actually opens up a different set of moves if you have uh, two people, certain people combined together, which I thought was a really neat touch. Uh, Again, going with, hey, here's some of these story aspects that we're seeing reflected in the actual mechanics of the game uh they definitely tend to play it a little bit safe uh for instance, the tank will generally just do one thing one set of mobs at a time and focuses on keeping hate on all of them. Uh, a lot of them if a lot uh, all of them, if they are doing mechanics where they're moving around dodging or stuff like that, they will stop attacking and stop dpsing while they're doing that. So for players that really want to go fast that really want to push it, it can feel a little uncomfortably slow. At uh, they, it was explicitly said that a typical player party they would expect to take, say, twenty minutes for a dungeon. They would expect a trust to take about thirty minutes. So, if you're trying to go for the fast solution, it's definitely not as much your thing. For uh, especially for classes that have long queues, or for people who, say, just want to go at a little bit more of a relaxed pace
0: or do other things like that, it was nice to have that option. So the other question I have is, um, I guess I had to step away for just a quick second. I hope you didn't discuss it. But if you have to, uh, um, are all the roles pretty well balanced and defined in that? Because I know you could, there are tanks, healers, and DPS within that that you can choose from are there any of them that are weaker than the others? Like I said, I was kind of alluding to that with the, um, the, the squadrons. Not, right. Not especially, uh, as like I said, the focus that they
1: have is on particular types of things. Like the tank is focusing a bit more on making sure they keep hate on everything than on optimizing DPS. All of them are focusing a bit on making sure that they do mechanics that will slow or stop their DPS in order to do that. Some of them do seem to have personality types in terms of what they'll focus on, what sorts of routines they'll go through, Uh the fact that all of them know the mechanics and can dodge, a, a, properly dodge stuff and the like. And even then, occasionally, they'll make mistakes on some things. It's not like it's 100% perfect, but okay. it uh, it did not feel like something where it's like, oh, this one is clearly worse. Oh, I'm so frustrated that I was running as this instead of as something else. I never had any moments
0: like that. Okay, good. Because, like I said, I, I remember running... um squadrons and if i was dps it was a a nightmare you wanted to be tanker healer definitely but yeah uh, no
1: you can run perfectly fine as a a dps in these i run both as bard and as warrior and i did not feel like i had significant problems the worst i would say as i said is that sometimes it felt like things were moving a bit slower
0: yeah if you're used to running it fast yeah don't don't expect it to be a uh something that'll be happen you won't be sending any record times No. And they don't do full pulls, I'm sure, if you have them tanking, correct? Yeah, they will do one set of mobs at a time. Which is fine. Especially if you're trying to learn a new class, it's a great way for you to actually learn how everything goes Mm -hmm. first.
1: Yeah. And they will, of course, comment on various mechanics point out various other things. They do know every mechanic from the get-go, so this is another one where if it's your first time on something, or if you're not quite sure how to handle a bit, you can just watch them and see what they're doing, and you'll have a pretty decent idea of what you need to be doing. Excellent. And that often gives you a chance to actually
0: observe and realize, oh hey, we're doing this because of this bit. All right, and kind of something that'll kind of segue nice into this is you know, as you're learning about a new job or trying to relearn your existing job, um, what are your thoughts on the skill changes, guys? Um, Do you think that uh, they did a good job on uh, alleviating some skill bloat um, or giving you know your your character your your job a new life? Do you think they did a good job on this in Shadowbringers? Well, Chili's saying Boo, Monk changes, but... Okay.
1: Uh, (laughs) I've been talking a bit, so Talese, you want to go first with yours?
0: I think he's still trying to uh, fix his mic. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, So, so, given that he's been leveling Warrior as well, I'll let him talk a little bit about that. I'll talk about Bard. Uh, Uh, Excuse me?
0: Oh, oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, let's both talk
1: about Bard. Sure. So, you definitely played it at a bit of a higher level. You were game rating so you may have a diff- bit of a different perspective on it for me I feel a little less like I'm flailing around trying to keep up with all the procs constantly.
0: Oh that's been nice I, there, there, that flow has been very well done um, I, I, I will say I kind of miss a little bit of the uh, reliance on crit because it, it feels like until I hit a nice midpoint with the way my gear is set up it was either uh, feast or famine Mm. on on, on the way things went with the way it's going now but once you get a nice rounded set of equipment um because crit is no longer quite as important it's still very 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 important but I mean it's not like it's only as it's as important for us as it is for other DPS maybe still slightly more but uh right
1: but now that uh now that our song special effects are activated just as a flat percentage chance instead of something based on crits
0: yeah and then uh so when we get those to go off, that's really nice to have that. Um, initially, I was a little bit uh, um, torn as to whether I liked our level 80 skill. Ah, uh, I am only at level 74, so I don't have
1: that one yet. I'll let okay. you remark on that. All right. So we'll go ahead and so you know. So jumping I am into the, that. Go ahead. Sorry. I am seeing that it is a little something called Apex Arrow, uh, which uh, consumes. So Our soul voice gauge, uh, and the stronger that our soul voice gauge is, the more powerful it becomes, firing an attack at uh, all enemies in a straight line in front of you. Yes. So soul it, it... voice appears to accumulate each time our song's special
0: effects tick off. Correct. So basically, you've got the three songs. You have... Um... I can't remember the names of them. The, the green one, the purple one, and the and the, uh, the, the orange one. <laughs> Ballad Peon Minuet. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I see them as the colors. Um, um, just because that's how I, I... And I remember their skills based off Klaus, of that. I'm colorblind. I see only people. You mean only skills? Anyways. Okay, that got sir, a little bit that. weird. Anyway. That got super weird. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> um, hey, my mic works. But yeah, so yeah. it gives life to all of our songs. You know, we don't just go through the, the the two of them. we have to add in the third one to cover that little bit of time. You want 100% uptime on your songs now. otherwise you are not gaining charge on your soul voice gauge because when you I mean if you, you can fire off the your soul that apex arrow at 20 charge. But it's going to be a very weak AoE, and it's not really even worth it. Your best bet is to wait for that thing to charge up to 100 and release it right away. Yeah, I was wondering, like, how quickly does that damage ramp up? If you know that something's coming up and you need a little bit of extra damage, definitely utilize it if you have to. But um, I generally try—you'll maximize your damage if you utilize it at uh, 100% as much as possible, and just keep your songs up at all times. Your um, your rotation does change, and you actually do kind of get... It's still somewhat priority-based, at least from what I'm seeing. You want to make sure you're firing off any of the um, procs that come up. You want to keep all of your um, off global cooldown skills on cooldown, and you want to make sure that, a, like I said, you have a song up at all times, and B, your dots are always being refreshed. And I
1: did find that, uh, when I've been fighting groups of enemies,
0: I found it easier to put dots on all of them and I, keep up dots on all of them. I've actually found for me, I get better, um, overall damage if I'm just keeping the dots on my main target. Okay. It, the fact that bards don't have a nice easy way to split or just to spread dots like summoners do. I used to dot up multiple enemies in because I needed those crits to, to proc things right now. You don't need that nearly as much. So you, you'll still get a decent amount of procs, especially if you're using, um, um, ballad. Yeah. I think, so let is. me see. It's uh, a, so it's a 40% chance every time,
1: uh, the dots tick. So if you have it on two things, that'd be, a, so it'd be, a about a 64% chance, of uh, per, uh, three seconds per tick that you'd get a thingy. So,
0: yeah, you don't need to spread it to all of them i mean if you if you have the time and want to but i mean if if you're going through huge packs of enemies like i mean there are times when we're pulling and we've probably got about twelve enemies you then you may want to spread it to a couple more that way you'll be keeping your um your aoe rotation much higher you so you'll be putting off two aoes per um clu- cooldown at that point mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I did notice,
1: like, for instance, when I'm doing the Wanderer's Minuet, that's the one that gives you your pitch-perfect shots. I did notice that it was often refreshing the full faster than I could fire it off. Yeah,
0: which is very nice. But like I said, when I'm doing uh, the AoEs, I'm definitely using Mages. And seeing the DPS just skyrocket when you're fighting so many enemies, it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, my my DPS fairy was telling me at one point I was doing 40,000.
1: I think, like, I definitely feel, like, people had uh, theorized based on what they're seeing that this gives you a lot more ability to handle uh, AOEs and ha- every job to have a good AOE rotation, yeah, and been, I was really
0: feeling that. It's been very nice. So now why want the two of you talk about Warrior?
2: Warrior is way, way easier than it was. Oh, yeah. Okay, I have on my bar, I have Sprint. I have Mark Target One, and I have Rampart in two places. I have every single warrior skill on a W Cross hotbar. bar. I have it in thirty-two spaces. Damn. Yeah, I'm it's using insane.
1: I'm using the ten-bar uh, line ones, but even then, I was able to fit in most of the things, and it feels like the flow is a lot easier. The flow is easier.
2: It does take a little bit to get used to the fact that maim is now your step two all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once you're used to that, it's not too bad. I will say Mithril Tempest just feels like Steel Tempest. The old, 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 like level 12 AOE that we had in like 2.0. It just feels like an upgraded version of that. And then you get 20 on your uh, charge if you use it as a step two. It's really nice.
1: Yeah, like having your aoe rotation actually build up your relevant gauges it makes it feel like a little less of a waste because i feel like okay spam overpower spam overpower okay i've got hate on everything now let's switch to this thing so i can actually start building up my beast
0: yeah gauge. i always thought that that was a pain in the butt having to do it that way when working and as warrior the exactly. tank stats uh enmity build is
2: it's, it's noticeable huge.
0: it's I noticeable do- Yeah, I'm not not stealing hate. hate. Yeah, and I'm not (laughs) stealing hate nearly as often.
2: And we, you're okay. So as a DPS, especially as a high DPS like a bard, you're not taking enmity nearly as often, and you don't have diversion on.
0: Yeah, because I—that's how good our tank stances are now. See, you know the fact that we—I lost all of my enmity reduction skills. I have zero now. So the fact that you know I don't need them. I I'm fine with that. Yeah. So,
2: I will say being able to use Felcleave and Fellcleave 3 electric whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> I haven't gotten it yet, but it looks freaking awesome. Like Oh, I was using it the, last night. It was beautiful. The way they've set it up, like I said two weeks ago, like I can hit this thing like 8 or 9 times. It's like 15. Like, you get your skill speed up to, like, 1600, and if you time your skills right, you're hitting a Felcleave, like, every four button presses is a Felcleave. It's insane how fast you can charge it now.
1: Felcleave! So
2: then you throw direct hit on there, and then you throw critical on there, and then you just go in and just
1: crush everything. It's been such a blast. And it's so nice, like, popping the infuriate and knowing you're going to be... Like before, I had uh, the Love Lady skill. I would pop it just to do the uh, Chaos Cyclone. It's like okay, because it's all that the... good. Yeah, it is like a higher damage base, cu- guaranteed critical direct hit. That one was an AOE, so it's like okay, all the monsters are now firmly lodged on me.
2: <laughs> it also makes it. I don't know. Did they shorten the cooldown of Provoke? Because it feels like they did. Because I'm using it a lot.
1: Uh I'm not sure. Let me check really fast. I don't even remember,
2: but I know that I'm actually utilizing provoke a lot more because I know that I can take on more stuff. There is a skill that warriors get called nascent flash and I think all tanks get something similar to this if I'm not mistaken. I know gunbreakers have one where all the damage you do heals you. Just like we used to have bloodbath which went away when it became a DPS skill and now we have it back, but it's it's called nascent flash. You heal when you hit stuff it also heals another target. So, if you set up a macro, you can actually set it to auto target your position 2 in your party list. If you have your party list sorted as tanks, healers, DPS, you will almost all you will always hit your secondary tank. So, if you set your if you set that macro to hit all of those, you will always hit your secondary tank to heal them or you can set it to slot 3 or 4. And target one of your healers. And heal them. Hit your So if you hit your nascent flash. And then you hit. Um, bah What is it? Uh, inner release. And then you start going crazy on decimate. You can full heal. A healer from borderline dead.
3: <laughs> I had a
2: healer drop. In Titania. And I targeted the healer. Waited to hear the res sound. As soon as I saw the HP bar exist. I hit it. And then I went absolutely crazy on Felcleaves and healed the healer faster than the, uh, they could
1: heal themselves. Uh, it was that... bizarre. That does sound fun. I did just check. It was reduced by 10 seconds from 40 seconds to 30 seconds. Nice. God, that Which makes is like so a 25% reduction there. So
2: That makes so much more
1: sense because I'm like, wow, this feels like it's up all the freaking time now. It also does have the bonus of, no, it's not just that you're at the top of the enmity list, but you get a little bit extra, too. So you don't have to worry about that, oh, I provoked, and because I didn't move fast enough, I immediately lost it.
2: You don't have to be like, okay, we're now tied, I didn't hit you with a relevant skill, where before we would hit, you know, like, okay, I hit you with heavy swing and maim, now I use provoke, now I use Storm's Eye on you. And it's like, great, that's not gonna work though like you got to do that combo again really really quick or you're going to lose it still
0: so then the other question I have for you guys is how difficult has it been for you to get used to the way your job plays now because we one lost a number of skills so those buttons are gone and then two they've reworked how a lot of them uh, function so we have to kind of utilize them in a different way How has your rotation and and your finger, your muscle memory adapted so far? It definitely had
1: some moments. I'm still not quite there. I'm still having a few where I want to hit different buttons.
2: I, every once in a while, will just be like, I need to activate this. And it's like, nope, apparently I'm activating raw intuition instead. (laughs) It's (laughs) just like, that's not what I meant to do. Uh, But I haven't changed where... Like, my combo didn't really move, but my combo uh, routinely was on circle, triangle, square for Butcher's Block. Well, now I have triangle and square free, but my overpower was on X. So I'm like, okay, do I want to put my second step of overpower nearby? Well, now I have step one and two on face buttons and step three and four on arrow buttons, which feels weird, but I didn't move my step one, I didn't move my step two, and then my Storms Behind Storms path didn't end up moving either. So like it actually ended up flowing really well. Uh, I moved low blow into my main bar because it refreshes really fast and it's off global cooldown, So why the hell not?
0: <laughs> if it works for you. Like I said, a lot of people are really uh, pleased with how this has improved the way they can play on a controller. I still couldn't do it. Not gonna lie. I, I need my keyboard.
2: Yeah, I just but, have no idea how to play video games on a keyboard. I've never done it.
0: Like I said, I, I did it even with uh, eleven. Like I started on on PS2, but I had to have the keyboard. And then when, once it was released on on PC, there was no going back.
2: I'm over here trying to find ways to connect the controller to the computer. I just <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it just does not make sense to me But I've been playing on a controller for a super long time And honestly being a tester at Nintendo Like I spent a lot of controller time I spent a lot of console time oh, I did not spend a lot I of keyboard t- time I'm kidding <laughs> it, I mean do you want to make a dollar less than minimum wage And be treated like cattle I got somebody that can hook you up Yeah well,
1: and to, be reminded, well, it? to be reminded every time you ask for any kind of uh, Worker rights That there's a million people in line waiting to take your job
0: it sounds like you've been a game tester, sir. Woo! Or any other kind of uh, job that can be uh, filled in by a lot of people.
1: Well, I mean, it's specifically a lot of people think it would be so awesome to be working in games.
2: And, and it is. Number of people I will say.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, can we talk about one more warrior thing before we move on? Sure. Home Gang. Oh, yeah we can move oh my god home gang is so powerful
1: i and you don't even not... have to be targeting anything
2: i am not gonna be shocked at all if home gang gets patched in like 5.1 because it's really really
0: well is it really much different than from uh, um the other involved skills then so the thing
2: with home gang old school is that you couldn't move. Yeah, but now it, we can move. But
0: this, so it froze it, an, a, an enemy target though as well. Right, but so for the gunbreaker I mean, one, would, you dropped. The, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Half the time it wouldn't because uh, it's like oh, it's a high level thing. You think bind is going to work on that? Oh yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah. So why my big thing was. You'd throw it, and then you couldn't move. And it's like, well, if an AoE or a double AoE hits you, you're just screwed. Hopefully, you don't end up dying, because home gang doesn't stop everything. But I know for the Gunbreaker invulnerability skill, you drop to 1 HP, you're good for a little while. But if your healer isn't paying attention, it's going to suck. Like, we're back to, like, old-style, almost berserk macro level of, like, I have to be annoying so that I don't die. And Dark Knight, same way. It's like, cool, I'm living dead. I need a lot of healing or I'm going to drop enmity when I die and the healer is going to get one shot. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have all that set up with home gang. I'm still sitting at a hundred thousand HP and I'm just getting beat on, but I'm not going to die. And it's a really good time to actually throw up nascent flash and to throw up inner release and then felcleave your way to victory while being mm-hmm. at a thousand HP on a boss fight. And all of a sudden being at 90,000 by the time you're done
0: makes sense. But I mean I have seen uh other tanks utilize their uh invuln skills to uh, uh go through different mechanics especially on the uh, um the raids. Um Chili has mentioned um a couple of them as well. I don't want to get into too in depth cuz I don't want to be spoilery on it, but um yeah, I mean it, it, I think they're all pretty well done. It, it it requires time maybe a little bit tighter timing. For some of the other jobs, it sounds like it's not quite as bad for Warrior, but I don't know if they could handle the exact same mechanic. We'll find out when we get to that point.
2: We'll find out when somebody, probably not me, has all of the tanks at 80, and we can go, okay, here's the actual differences.
0: Yeah. Somebody will do that, I'm sure. Or probably already has. Okay. Anything else you guys want to go over with uh, the skill changes you've experienced so far? Uh, Read your tool tips. They're yeah.
1: all different. Literally uh, all of them are different. And one thing I might actually suggest is uh, the Lodestone updated its job guide with all of the, not only with all the new uh, tooltips and the skill descriptions, but at the uh, bottom of each one, it has a short description of the general flow of that job. Of which combos go, which things go together, and how they're acting in their combo. Like, it gives you a basic idea of the general flow. And that is a useful thing to look at, just because some of them, their general flow has changed a bit. Uh, I went ahead and uh, did Dark Knight at 70 for a bit, because I was like, okay, I finally want to get another one of these animal weapons done. And it had a bit of a different uh, thing going on. There was, the skills were used in a very different order. There were different buffs to keep up. A lot of stuff did, were, acted differently than it had before, and there was a different general flow. At the, by the time I'd gone through it, I was like, oh, the goal is to keep this buff up and to build up these things to unleash these powerful attacks, and this is how I do that. And I learned that by running uh, unsynced brave Flocks like 20 or 30 times. <laughs> oh, it, brave Flocks hard. Hey, I need my glowing animal weapons. That's right. just a thing. I
2: guess you do. You
0: are you have a problem, dude. Well, the we... problem is my armature is not yet complete. Well, we do have uh, one other person who wants to talk about their job changes. Some guy named Chili. Welcome Screw back,
3: that Chili. that guy? <laughs> I mean,
0: hello. He sounds like a loud. Also, Klaus, bring your camera. All right, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, Chili, you said monk sucks. Well, I've t- I've been telling you that for how long now? My well, monk
3: doesn't suck. It's just the changes. This sucks so much. So, so what happened to Monk? Well, the best part. Well, the best part of Monk is our speed, which they, you know, that's not too bad. they have not screwed that over. Um, but our off global, one of our abilities, Riddle of Fire, gives us a damage bonus, um, but slows us down. it does the same as it before. Now, beforehand, you would pop your off-global cooldowns during that period, as you can guess, because, you know, increased damage, but slowed down, blah, blah, blah. They've got rid of basically all the Monk's off-global cooldowns now. Um, You've lost both Peak and Howling Fist. So, you've got nothing to pop during that cooldown period. Um, Thanks to the lovely ability of Ant-Man, or whatever you call it, where you don't lose your stacks... You now got less, even less reason to use um, Tornado Kick because what's the point of using a bit that does more damage, a little bit more damage, and drops all your stats completely? Which now you've got Grease Lightning 4, takes a while to build up. Mm, um, Isn't there
0: a, some, a skill that gives you all of your stacks right away, though?
3: No, th- well, you're thinking of Six Sided Star, which will reset your timer to five, to max timer. won't we'll give you stacks, but if you've got, if, yeah, you will set the stacks to max. Um, but the issue with that, Billy, is the fact that it resets your entire GCD to five seconds. Ouch. Yeah.
2: That's gross. Yeah. It's instant recast 4.82. Weapon skill does not share a recast with other actions upon execution. It will be applied to all other weapon skills and magic actions. Ew. That's rough. I hope it gets patched
0: for you guys.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Monk it, it's weird that they've done so many good things but at the same time they've sort of ruined the older skills by doing it. So
0: is that all you've been two- playing with then so far is is monk?
3: No, I've got dancer to 79. Oh, Jesus.
0: How's dancer oh. playing
3: for you? Oh my god. Pretty good. I actually got 60 to 70 dancer in one afternoon. Wow. How would you do that? Uh on high. Okay. Uh, 21 to 30, If you, we, you know, I was running with a friend, 21 to 30 was taking about 9 to 12 minutes per run.
0: Yeah, you just blast through it. I did a couple of uh, runs of that. Each
3: run I'm will give enough. you half an XP bar. Wow. Yeah. So it was about, I think, three and a half hours to get from 60 to 70. That's it. That seems broken.
0: Shit, yeah. That's really fast, dude. I mean, that's yeah. faster than, you know, running roulettes.
3: Well, it, it was more than that because we, I think we ended up being about four and a half hours, but that's because we took about an hour break while we're doing it. So All right, actual well, progress was three and a half, but we took an hour-ish during, yeah you know, half an hour break during the runs.
0: I'll have to give that a try for, you have to get to 61 though first.
3: Yeah, 61. Yep. <laughs> uh, just do your roulettes and, oh, I hate to say this, but MSQ. <laughs> But yeah do the- msq it's like a couple million it's
2: a lot it's actually worth it it's super annoying to spend an hour and a half yeah. watching anime while the game is on but you know it's not
0: Yeah, i've heard that in the 70s it can give you like 12 million xp yeah I get <laughs> that sounds uh, that right. about right i've actually 70- listened to a podcast
3: uh 70 to 79 you'll get about 14 million 14 to 70 million so you'll also get a whole bunch of tombstones yeah, yeah,
0: which you can use to then get all your level seventy gear. And then Yeah,
2: upgear all of your seventies so that when you decide to start in on them, you've got four hundred yeah. everything and it's just really helpful. Or at least three ninety.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean it's not that a couple more tombstones uh, buys
0: you the upgrade thingy. For the weapon. Exactly. But then that if you want to upgrade yeah. all the all the armor, that requires all of the coins.
3: That makes uh, me are you sure about that? that?
0: Or did they change it? Yeah,
3: yeah. Okay. Now you just buy them with tomes.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. The ad- they added that at the end, don't they?
3: They did
1: yeah. that uh, in Idle Shire as well, When, which is why I bought uh, accessories right away for my Dancer and Gunbreaker. But they changed it so that all of the upgrade materials can be bought with tomestones once they haven't.
3: Yep. Yeah, it's, it, it makes me sad when I think, oh, I granted all that savage, and now I can just buy it for 40 tomes.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: <laughs> that's the hard part. <laughs> to that end, if anybody wants to go crack, kick the crap out of all of Alexander at level 80, let me know. I, need, with you. I do
0: need to get through Alex Savage. I
3: don't mind doing it with you
0: guys sometime. Sounds good. Anything else that you want to uh, talk about, Chili, regarding your thoughts on uh, Shadowbringers? Since we're kind of at that point right now.
3: I guess it's it's probably my thing. Oh, goddammit. How bad are these people? Sorry. Um. Um yeah it's probably my favorite expansion so far i was a little disappointed with some of the dungeons but yeah
0: okay i know our friend tim was the one who actually reviewed it for psu but i mean if you were going to give it a score what would you have given it
3: uh same nine out of ten very cool i like the little blurb at the bottom you put to thank me for all the help i thought that was
0: very sweet yeah well, I mean, you did help a lot. To, you you got him back yeah. into the game and then yeah. you, you helped him run things within Shadowbringers, I'm assuming, right? And
3: I was answering any questions. Like that's law-based it. questions. Yeah. Me doing law. Oh,
0: yeah. God. So, so that's why everything was wrong in the article. Just kidding.
3: It's <laughs> oh a great boy. article.
0: Go out to PSU.com and check it out. Uh, yeah. uh, Tim Noons wrote the uh, the review yeah. for it. Uh, really nice guy. Uh, go check him out sometime. What also
3: this this group has wiped Dunsky f- four times now.
0: Oh you're you're running in doing in sky right now? Yeah. Oh I'm sorry.
3: How do you All they're right, about to sure wipe Diablos again?
0: Uh, there are seventy two so minutes sorry, left, sorry. that's how bad. Only two minutes left?
3: No, there are seventy two minutes left. Seventy
0: two right I was like, well, it's like you're not gonna finish if there's only two minutes left. Um you want i know you like i said you were you've been a host for a very long time but you're taking a break so are there any shout outs that you want to throw out there chili
3: okay sweet i'd like to shout out to she hills i tank at she hills i Tank uh, shout out to Radio more to check check go shout out moogle go around radio you also go shout out phoenix down radio also go shout out um gather together um and you guys as always
0: all right well thank you for joining us hopefully we'll catch you on the next episode number 100 Right? I mean I'm not gonna leave, I'm gonna stay, I'm lazy. Oh, okay. You can stay. It's if you want to continue on the discussion with us, then yeah, absolutely, if you have things you want to throw in there. Um so Chili got a little ahead of our discussion since I thought he was gonna head he had to head out, but that's fine. Um so uh, Talis and Sarah, do you have any other thoughts regarding like how what you thought of the story overall without spoiling it and um you know and things like that. I mean,
2: story's been a blast. I love how we've progressed from area to area. Uh, we did have sort of the illusion of choice where it's like, who do you want to go to first, which is fine. But like, it gave us a little bit more drive to kind of pick where we wanted to go and pick what we wanted to do first. But we got through it and we got to see a lot of stuff. We got to meet a lot of new people. We got to meet a lot of new races. We got to have a really good game just gaming experience with characters that we know really, really well because we are them and we've been playing them for an ungodly amount of hours. So it's definitely been a really top tier expansion of the last three, easily the best one.
0: Sarah.
1: Uh, I d- agree. Like I wasn't as thrown by that because I remember in heaven's word. There was also the, Hey, you're going to go to these two areas and I knew it wasn't, like then it wasn't a huge choice but it was a hey you're going to get the lay of the land in both of these things. Uh I've definitely felt like they've just hit it out of the park on every aspect, the pacing, the com- moments of comedic relief, uh a lot of the options they have for how we express ourselves, like the various even a lot of the choices that you can respond to uh in various scenes. I've been really oh musical. Yeah. There's entire selections of like warrior of douchebaggery conversation <laughs> options.
0: A couple of which get you some really hilarious results. I know. I I had a blast going through those myself. Mm-hmm. I definitely uh,
1: picked some of those just for the reactions. Right? Yeah. There's some of them where I went back and rewatched the scene and saw all the different ones for how it would turn um, out. I
3: was uh, a little bit dick during one part. <laughs> you? Uh, chilly Never. You know the the bit with the with the tools. I'm like this too. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I did that too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gave him all the wrong ones first as well. Uh, but a lot of the stuff with uh dropping of various hints of foreshadowing of uh those uh, all those different moments where they uh. Where they pulled the rug out from under us, but in a way that they had been hinting at. So on the one hand, it was surprising, and on the other, I'd had an idea that things were maybe not quite what I thought. But I didn't really know the full scope of it or other things that was going on. And they just hit it so well on so many different aspects. Oh, Uh, yeah. This has been a labor
0: labor of love in the making. Yes, it's it, like I said, I, I have to echo both of you guys' sentiments. It, it really was well written, well scripted. I thought that the exposition of the zones was it felt pretty natural for the most part. Um, it, there was no forced grinding or uh, everything felt smooth. None of the quests felt like they were, um, overly fetch quest style yeah there's a few of them but i mean it it wasn't terrible like it was in a realm reborn or some of the other quest lines that we've had in the past everything that they did had purpose and i guess it by far the best uh final fantasy 14 experience i've had is Shadowbringers. so for me i would give this easily a 9.5 yeah, I don't see any reason not to give it the full 10. Talis,
2: I'm sticking with 9, because there's a couple things that I feel like they could have improved on, and a few things that look really good in Shadowbringers that should go backwards all the way back to Realm Reborn content. And we'll see where it's at at 5.1 and 5.2, but I'll give
0: it a solid 9. Yeah, so it sounds like we're, like I said, in, in good agreement with a lot of the other reviewers, so... But yeah, this has been amazing. So good stuff. Um, so like we said, in two weeks, we are going to be taking the uh, cover off of the story. We are going to be spoiling it for those of you um, who have not yet experienced it yet. Please go experience it. It's amazing. You can get through it very easily in two weeks. Um, So let's go ahead and uh, tell us you had a little bit of a prep station uh, segment for us today.
2: I do. Step one, spin your
0: cameras because we are almost AFK'd out. Woo. Granted, we have uh, 15 minutes or 30 minutes before we get kicked, but Eh, still worth it. Rory, glad to at least make uh, it at the end. If you need to uh, check out our explanations, like I said, it's going to be posted up soon. So I know you won't miss that. Hope you're doing well tonight. Anyway, sorry, Tal, let's continue.
2: It's all good. Also, hi, Rory. I found you at a place different than I have found you for the last two years. I found I you in another place that
0: is between a market port and a summoning bell. That's very true. Yeah, I I, I saw her earlier in the Crystarium as well. Um, that's kind of funny, but yeah.
2: <laughs> anyway, picking on you because we care. Exactly. All right, so on today's episode of the Prep Station, we are actually going into uh the old reaches of our inventories we're digging into the chocobo saddlebags and we're looking at all of that wonderful wonderful mats that we have been sitting on forever with the idea of using and now we are realizing we are absolutely never ever going to use any of this stuff so it's time to clear out the inventory and make something out of whatever the hell we find in doing so both in game and out of game uh I realized that I was very, very close to coming up with an actual recipe that I wanted to try. So I dug through all of the Erosian cookbook. And I dug through Gamerscape. Escape. Shoutouts to Gamerscape, And I could not actually find this item in there. So either I'm crazy or it's actually not there. We'll find out which. I love street food, as anybody that has ever heard me talk about food will attest. And one of my favorite things to eat when I'm in Japan is okonomiyaki. Oh my god, that's something I've wanted Mm. to try. So, okonomiyaki has a couple of different styles. Some use noodles, some don't. Some use eggs, some don't. Um, It really just comes down to uh, which style you prefer. I have kind of fallen into the style where you mix all of the stuff into the batter, as opposed to putting in the batter and then topping it with layer after layer after layer of stuff. It's really cool to do that. It's also really, really cool to just have a super full pancake that you can just do in one shot, top with everything else, and call it a day. So we're making okonomiyaki. And if you've never, ever made Japanese cuisine, it's very similar to making any kind of ethnic style cuisine. You find what spices and what cooking methods were available when that area was first starting to get super inhabited. And that's what you end up cooking with, and that's what you end up cooking on. That's why if you look at pretty much any, air quotes, American-style food, everything from hamburgers to pot roasts, you can cook just about anything in a cast iron pan. Because that's kind of what we had. Japan, back in the 1500s, was no different, where they discovered that cast iron generated heat super well. You could heat it from the bottom, and it would hold that heat You could remove it from its heat source, usually fire, and it would still retain heat for quite a while. They use that to cook a sort of batter and make kind of a pancake, but not a pancake that you would throw syrup or butter or jam or fruit on. This one is more savory. It's going to end up with things like dried small shrimp or scallops or calamari or green onions or even cheese. Um... Cheese in Japan is a whole, a whole can of worms that I'm not gonna get into tonight. Um, pickled red ginger, yakisoba noodles, uh, garlic chives, fish cakes, all kinds of stuff that you mix in with your flour, with your salt, uh, with cold water. Uh, colder water means fewer lumps. Pro tip for anybody making pancakes this weekend. So you make your batter, throw in all of your veg, throw in your cabbage, throw that into your pan on a medium heat with just a little bit of vegetable oil you're going to get a really nice crust on the bottom of it, and you can flip that, cook the top part. Once you have the first flip done, that's when you can add something like crack an egg on top and then break the yolk and spread the egg over the entire okonomiyaki. Once you have it cooked all the way to the center and you've added as many layers as you want or cooked it through as much as you need to, that's when you start to get to have fun with it. That's when you get to add your seaweed, your top, your... uh, Mayo, and Japanese mayo if you've never had it. Usually there's a couple different brands. QP is one of the most popular. It's a very weirdly shaped bottle with a red lid. There's
1: a little baby and a loincloth on the front. That's the only type of mayonnaise that my dad has actually been a little bit okay with. It's so different from the other styles of mayonnaise, I noticed. So the mayonnaise that a lot of people are used to is made with eggs. It's
2: made with oil, usually vegetable oil. Um, It's just emulsified, and it's 90% fat. But if you're going with a Japanese mayo, it's more tamago, it's more egg-based, and you're going to have a denser, richer flavor that's a lot less fatty. That being said, if you throw it on heat, it's still mayonnaise, it's still going to melt. So if you want to do really weird, cool stuff with grilled cheese, you can. Um, Message me on Discord if you want to know about that. Uh, (laughs) I've done some crazy stuff on grilled cheese. Uh, But you you top it with the mayonnaise, you top it with a sauce that usually gets used with tonkatsu, uh, so you find that tonkatsu sauce, you find that mayo, you can pick a seaweed based on whatever region you're in. will determine what type of flavor it has. You'll have a different salt content of the water and a different way it's prepared. So once you've made your okonomiyaki, you can either cut it in slices or just kind of knife and fork it, or what most Japanese do is they'll break it into pieces using chopsticks, and then just eat little slivers of it at a time. It's fantastic street food, and I couldn't find it anywhere in Yangsha, so I had to make it, (laughs) so I made it. Uh, The ingredients for it, I unfortunately couldn't just go to a market board and find. Uh, Some of them are actually really super hard to get, Um, but there's good ways that you can just make most of it. Uh, Katsuobushi, it's the dried bonito flake. You can usually find this even in like, mid-tier grocery stores. That one's not too hard. The Alonori is a dried green seaweed. If you can't find that, check your local Asian market and see if they have furikake. Furikake is a mixture of multiple kinds of seaweed, usually some seasoning, sometimes sesame seeds. It works. It's
0: different, but it does work. And it is Cute. delicious. It's super
2: bomb. Oh, I, I go through uh, that
0: way too fast. <laughs> I have like four flavors of it. <laughs> yeah. I bought one of those eight packs off of Amazon. With all different flavors. Anyway, sorry. All right. So uh, (laughs) if you want to
2: get home, if you want to get Japanese mayo, QP, obviously not sponsored, hashtag non-spawn, but you can make it if you want to. It's a bit of a hassle, but if you're, you know, sometimes you buy your materials and sometimes you make them. Depends on how into it you want to get. I can post a, I'm going to actually post a link in chat in here in just a second. Uh, The Okonomiyaki sauce, there's a lot of different brands. They're all a little bit different, but you can pretty much just use katsu sauce and spike it with a couple of the ingredients that it doesn't have. Uh, It usually only has like four to five ingredients. So take whatever you will, use what you want. Again, we're kind of clearing out the storehouse right now. So whatever you have is what you're going to be using. One of the trickiest things to find that we have the two hardest parts. One is called naga imo. It's like a sweet potato, and it makes the pancake fluffier. It looks like a root. It's a mess. It's really, really hard to get. If you cannot find it, you can actually just use it with yams. Get like a white sweet potato, white yam. uh, Regular russet potatoes kind of work, but you end up with a very... You end up with a different product at that point. But you want to try to find nage imo or yama imo. Uh... Ask your grocer to see if they can bring it in. Uh, A lot of distributors actually do carry this. Just most grocery stores don't carry it unless there's a demand for it. So find it if you can. It does make them a lot fluffier and make them taste better. The other one is called tenkasu. Tenkasu is... Honestly, this is the most American thing I've ever heard of coming out of Japan. It is literally just the fried batter. It's tempura batter, but it's just batter. No veg, no shrimp, no nothing. Just the batter. So just like fried crispy? Just fried crispy
1: bits. Oh my gosh, we made some of those the other day when we were making chicken parm. We just had leftovers like stuff for the breading forts. So we just mixed it all up and fried it and it was glorious.
2: And honestly, I was gonna the thing I was getting to is yes, you can just buy this in a bag if you want to. Or you can just buy a bag of tempura flour, make tempera batter, heat up your oil, and just drip it in there, and let it cook off, and then use a, uh, use a spider, or use a slotted spoon, metal, please, and pull all that out of the fat, and just let it sit on a paper towel to dry, and then you have your own. It adds mm-hmm. a texture, and it adds a crunch to it. It's
3: kind of like what they do here with fish and chips. Um, they'll like drain all the scraps that come off the batter of the fish, and then you can have that separate if you want. Yep. That's actually uh, that
2: whole thing for, uh, they do it with chicken as well, uh, where they'll actually take some of the liquid, uh, the buttermilk for chicken or the beer batter or whatever for uh, fish, and they'll throw it and they'll kind of drip it across the flour and toss the flour really quickly. And it makes these little tiny one centimeter wide little balls of batter that's really light and fluffy. When you actually bread your fish, bread your chicken, whatever, those little bits are going to stick to it. So when you fry it, as you're biting through it, you get these big, airy pockets mm. of texture and crunch. Mm.
1: So that's actually, crunch. those
2: accidents actually turn into part of the dish.
1: Delicious crunch.
0: Yes.
2: So today's recipe is brought to us uh, by by Nami from Just One Cookbook. I got her permission to use her recipe. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, it kind of... It's one of the more quintessential Japanese recipes. Uh, so if you guys are more well-versed in the cookbook on Eorzea than I am, uh, find it and link it to me because I could not find it. So I just said, screw it. I'm doing it anyway.
0: Isn't isn't okonomiyaki one of those things where you can use a lot, utilize a lot of leftovers as well? It is. It's very much the leftovers dish. It's
2: the last quarter of the cabbage. It's the last inch and a half of yagi-imo. It's... We only have one piece of unagi left. It's, you
1: put I mean, all that kind of stuff in. The name is literally means cook what you like. So it's kind of like a, yeah, just throw it in dish.
2: Which realistically most street food is. It's, yeah. we come up with these things. Like you talk to, you know, true Italian chefs and they're like, these ingredients only, only cook this way. You look at Marco Pierre white recipes and they're very, very strict and they're very, you're like, wow, my God, how did you come up with this stuff? And then you talk to the old school families, you talk to the, the big families where the matriarchs are the ones that have been cooking for 200 years and recipes came from great, great, great grandma kind of stuff. There is no recipe. Nothing is measured. The ingredients are whatever is in the fridge. And it's, it's insanely cool to see the difference between top tier cooking and at home cooking and have them come out of very similar qualities. It's really fun.
0: Alright, now Mm. I want Okonomiyaki. You're making it, right? Uh, I actually did. It was delicious. Uh, Did you send Mm. some our way? I mean,
2: it's going to get weird in the mail, but sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine that holds up well. Uh, Chili,
2: I'm going to mail some to you. Uh, It's probably going to get called by Customs, though.
0: Yeah, so you you won't see it, unfortunately. You might get an empty container. A soggy empty box. It was good, Customs. (laughs) <laughs> God damn it! all right um well then we're gonna go ahead and uh, call it an episode then so that's gonna do it for this episode guys if you liked what you heard please make sure to like subscribe or follow us on apple podcasts google or even spotify um or whatever your preferred podcatcher is uh, just make sure if if possible leave us a rating or review it allows people to find us out there and lets us know how you think we're doing because we'd love to hear, you know, any feedback, whether there's issues or questions or anything like that. Um, if you really dig the show, you can consider subscribing here at Twitch at twitch.tv slash Radio. Or if you want to support us on Patreon at patreoncom Radio, like our amazing friend Rory Fenrir, any of those uh, funds that we get go to uh, grow the show, allow us to do some really fun things, and uh, help to cover some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, the, the, the stuff that you know costs money to keep going. We we do this for because we love it, but it's unfortunately it's not free. Um, so any any support that we get from you guys is definitely helpful. Um, if you want to find all of our uh, back, uh, backlog of episodes, you can go to our website, phoenixdownradio.com. And if you have questions, uh, suggestions for a lore segment, or an uh, a, a, a Eorzean food that you would like to see uh, Talas tackle, you can email us, podcast at phoenixdownradio.com. Or you can check out the Facebook group that we have out there at facebook.com slash phoenixdownradio. So now it's time for the shout-outs. Sarah, do you want to start this one? Uh, Sure.
1: So I'll go ahead and uh, shout out to my friends Spender and Tristan, uh, who both did a lot of the dungeons uh, with me uh, after I'd done my first run with the Trust. Talked about plot stuff and in general helped build up my excitement and hype while still remaining remarkably patient at my wanting to take a slightly slower pace through. Uh, It was lots of fun to talk about the uh, plot with you. I'm looking forward to talking more about that. Uh, Also, shout out to my friends Andy and Austin, uh, who... Uh, Just had their housewarming party today. Uh, You guys are never going to hear this, but your home is lovely. I always like hanging out with you, and I'm looking forward to cooking with you again next week. Uh, No thanks to the FF14 development team, because my room is kind of a pit right now, because I haven't even managed to focus on basic cleaning for, like, a week. Are you guys trying to wreck my life? Do you know I stayed up until 4 a.m. last night?
0: Why do you
1: do this to me? I love you, but in a way where I hate you. It's like a Sendere type thing. And
0: how can I find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter, at F-F-X-I-V-S-E-Y-R-R, where I will mostly post about random fun stuff I found working at the library or things that I cooked with my friends. And if you uh, sometimes people will send me lore suggestions through that. Uh, and I'm always happy to do topics that people are interested in. You can also submit those on our Discord server, which I think you gave them the info for, didn't
0: you, class? Yep, it gets popped into the chat every so often. We yeah. Can, we can
1: always uh, do it again. Yeah. Uh, I do monitor the brewery there and various other channels. Mm-hmm. So if you ever have questions, absolutely put them in there. Uh, I will get back to you as quickly as I can. And if it's something that's a complicated one, I'm happy to make it into a lore segment on the show.
0: Excellent unfortunately talis had to sneak off for a quick moment he said he didn't have any shout outs but i do want to make sure that uh, if people want to get a hold of him they can find him on on twitter at talismarvelous t-a-l-i-z-m-a-r-v-e-l-o-u-s um like i said he does some amazing things with food he has one hell of a, a um a lifestyle that i i just love watching his uh his facebook and his uh twitter posts about the different things he gets to do so he's he's a crazy guy and i love having him on the show also i, I wish I, he was here to hear this but uh, uh thank you so much for accept uh accepting the position to join us as a uh, um a full-time uh, host of phoenix Star radio it's amazing to have you here joining us in that way um and we look forward to hearing more from you in the future As for me, I, of course, want to shout out my wonderful co-hosts, Talis and Sarah, um, for putting up with all of this stuff. Um, They had such the hard job of playing Shadowbringers the last two weeks, and I don't know how they did it. So thank you so much for all your hard work. Truly, it was a sacrifice. Um, I loved hearing what you guys had to add on to our discussion with this. You know, doing the show with you guys it makes it so much uh, more enjoyable. Um, shout outs to Chili, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, you're always a, a fun person to watch, and so and thank no you. No problem. Uh, shout outs to everybody out in the community. Um, Want to throw a special shout out to Yalta, you know, for uh, agreeing to do the uh, get together with us on um, August third. Again, at up Down Barcade in uh, Uptown Minneapolis. Uh, make sure to uh, let us know if you want to join us there for some beer and pizza and video games. Um, so yeah. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can uh, hit me up on Twitter at PHXDN underscore That's PHXDN underscore Klaus. So, for um, wonderful guest that snuck in there, Chili, I invited in here, by the way. Uh, and for our, our co hosts, uh, Sarah and Talis, I am Klaus Sniperinger, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on 100. Take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of phoenixdownradio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Aorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash Guilty Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by Guitar Wanker 90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash guitarwanker 90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.